thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, everybody, if you love Jesus, say I do. It's great to see all of you. Um, I am so grateful for you and love what God is doing. Thanks to all of you who came out yesterday for the work day. Let's give a big hand to everybody that uh, came out and worked yesterday. It's so fun. Great to see uh, Pastor Nathan in that video standing in our lobby, everybody. And so um, we're in this series uh, that I'm calling No Place Like Home. It's got those Kansas vibes. Um, And we're talking about uh, different rooms in our building. And I'm using this fact that we're entering in this new building to talk about who we want to be in the building. And so what God's called us to be once we're in there. And so that's uh, where we're at. We're in week two today. And I want to talk a a little bit about the lobby. So last week we talked about the prayer chapel. This week I want to talk about the lobby. But uh, I just want to reiterate um, that we're starting young adults and uh, Skylar and Dory uh, are going to give leadership there. And so didn't Dory do great just then? Can you give Dory a big hand? So great. So I just want to articulate again, that's going to be the third Thursday of every month. It'll be a monthly gathering. It's going to be for uh, really 18 to 29 year olds. So uh, college uh, age and 20 somethings. And so anyway, I'm very excited about that. And I'm very excited about, about the teenagers in the house. We had 106 teenagers on Monday night, everybody. And so, um, yeah, so, so that, there's something that the Lord is doing. That's, um, that, that, that ministry is growing and so, so proud of the leadership team um, that's working diligently to reach young people and uh, just so grateful. There's intentional prayer. Uh, there's intentional small groups and uh, intentional discipleship there. And so uh, that's just really fun. So, and one more thing, uh, March 3rd, we will not be here. We will be there. And so uh, put it on your calendar. <laughs> I just am so excited. I, I'm so excited that I built a series around it. I mean, come on, that's, 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 that means we're excited. Anyway, um, I, I'm so grateful to all of you and so grateful for all of you that have come out and... Um, just our serving, giving. Thanks to everybody that's giving towards uh, building Radiant. I know many of you are just sacrificially giving. So it's just so fun. Just so grateful. Uh, okay, one more thing, and that is uh, we started uh, small groups uh, this semester. Uh, so this past, this semester, last week launched. And so many of you jumped into a small group this week. There's 62 small groups. And so uh, let's give it up to the discipleship coordinators, Pastor Hal and Debbie, everybody that's leading small groups. So great. Um, so as you know, one of our big commitments around here is to help everybody not just sit in a row, but to sit in a circle and uh, be connected be discipled, and then to make disciples. And so um, uh, I want to encourage you, uh, if you weren't able to make a small group this week, uh, take a step and jump in one um, this next week. Uh, Time is your friend. It's a 13-week semester, and so you got 12 weeks left. You can still pass the class. Uh, It's like college. You can skip the first, never mind. And so um, I didn't say that. Hey, uh, okay, let's open up our Bibles. And um, here, I want you to invite you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 today. Uh, here's kind of the idea. We're doing four weeks here in February where not only are we serving on Saturdays, but we're, I'm, I'm taking the idea of rooms or a house 
And I, I, want, I want to build messages around the idea of who God has called us to be when we're in the new building. So this, if you're new to Radiant, uh, welcome. This is kind of like new building training. This is like, who has God called us to be in that space? So last week we talked about the prayer chapel. And so kind of built out the idea of being a praying church. We talked about what God's called us to be, not just in the idea of the Wednesday night prayer meeting, but also in terms of praying in terms of small groups. Also, uh, we, I, I challenged all of us to pray 60. That was the phrase. And that idea is, is that if the NFL can challenge uh, young people to play 60 minutes a day, I want to invite us as a church to build a rhythm where we pray intercessory prayer 60 minutes a week. And so that could be joining the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Boom, full credit, pow. All right, just kidding. Uh, or um, or, or, or the, the idea is, is if you do nine minutes a day, where maybe you take three minutes and you, you pray for your marriage, and then three minutes you pray for, um, maybe, maybe you pray for our church. Maybe you pray three minutes over, uh, over people that, that you know that don't know Jesus uh, where you work. But the idea is that if, if all of us are praying an hour a week, then we know we'll see God do incredible things. And so um, I've loved that because it's kind of given people handles. I've, I've had people come to me and say, David, that is, that, wow, like you want all of us to be intercessory prayer warriors and you're using Exodus 17 and the whole church, the whole church. And then I have others of you come and talk to me and be like, David, I pray more than that every day. And, and it's, I love that idea because I feel like all of us can, can just say, okay, we're gonna keep taking steps uh, to be intercessory prayer. Okay, but, uh, but I, I wanna go after today the lobby, all right? So my, my, my idea today is, uh, is, is to lead in the lobby. And I built an acronym around that word lead, but to lead L-E-A-D, lead in the lobby. I thought about L-E-D because we have an L-E-D wall, but I added an A, everybody. So we're gonna go lead in the lobby. All right, here we go. First Corinthians chapter nine. Let me read this. Actually, I wanna read it in the NIV and then I'm gonna read it in the message because the message, it just kind of brings it to life in a fresh way. All right, First Corinthians nine, Paul speaking here. Though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win. Everybody say win. Look at this, it's five times in this text. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel for that I may share in its blessings. Let's just do the message because it's, it's kind of got some fresh language to it. And as you know, the, the message is just a, a paraphrase. It's not a, a translation. It's just Eugene Peterson. Um, and he's trying to put language to it. And he wrote it intentionally in language that we all use today. So I would encourage you not to have the message be kind of your primary, uh, but, but I think the message is fun in addition to reading um, a translation. But here it says this in verse 19. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the, more, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. That's a big point right there. I kept my bearings, great language. I kept my bearings in Christ. 
But here's the phrase that I love. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts, look at this word, to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you today to help the word of God come alive in our hearts. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, that as we enter into this new building, people, uh, new, new building, that we would be a praying people. But we also ask that you would help us to lead people into the God-saved life. We pray, I pray, Lord, that this church would be leaders. I pray, Lord, that we would have our bearings in Christ. I pray that we would be deeply rooted in the word of God. I pray that we would look like Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to get out of our comfort zone and intentionally lead people towards you. We honor you today. We love you. And all of Radiant Church said amen. Okay, I was given this gift this week. Um, this is a Bible, brown Bible. I like it because it's masculine. Uh, it's brown. And so I don't know if you know this. I've said this before, but uh, uh, I grew up um, as a triplet with two girls. And so um, I desperately wanted to prove that I was a man. And so I liked everything masculine. I wanted nothing pink. I would not eat strawberry ice cream at all my entire childhood because it was pink. I would not have pink milkshakes. I liked everything brown. Uh, because it proved my masculinity. And so um, even when we went to McDonald's, I wouldn't get a cheeseburger because a hamburger, uh, though it didn't taste as good, had a brown wrapper. And so um, that's a true story. But anyway, I received, I received this Bible and um, it, was a, it was a phenomenal gift, a phenomenal gift for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons is, uh, is because I'm a preacher. So getting Bibles is good to, be, to get. Uh, and... Uh, Another reason why I like this Bible is because um, I always wanted to be the dad that gave the, his, his Bible to his kids, right? Like, but my problem is, so I've heard about that, like pastors that, or people or fathers that they'll, they'll, um, they'll mark up their Bible and they'll have it for years and then they'll give that Bible to their children. So I always wanted to do that. The problem for me is that I'm a, a confession. I'm a Bible loser. Here's what I mean by that. That sounds weird. But I lose the, I lose, I lose my Bibles. Like uh, I started in the year 2000 on staff at a church and I led prayer meetings uh, in our prayer chapel. And I would, I would take a Bible every time. I, I have lost at least 20 Bibles, people. And so, um, so yeah. And, and in fact, um, my dad, my dad is one of those guys that gave his son a Bible, but I lost it. And so I, I know it's sad. Sorry, dad. And um, so anyway, I was given this Bible this week, um, but I was surprised uh, to me, just how much I, I liked it. Uh, I, I've been using it since I got it. Um, and one of the reasons why I, I like it is because a guy, a pastor who's 75 uh, and a finisher uh, gave it to me. So it's kind of a hero guy. It's a guy that uh, he's a hero, not just because of what he's doing for the kingdom, but how long he's been doing it for the kingdom. But the, the gift uh, meant a lot to me. I, I'm, I'm surprised. It's just, it's, it's something that I enjoy. And I was thinking about you and I and the gift of the gospel, the gift that uh, we know John 3.16 is probably the most famous verse about how God gave his son. And each one of us would take salvation and say that that salvation that we receive is a free gift. Um, but I was thinking about our gift back to God and, and how you want to give somebody that you revere an incredible gift. If, you, if, you, if there's somebody that means a lot to you, you desire to give them a great gift. And 
And I was thinking about you and I in our new building um, over decades, giving the gift to Jesus of a life that's not comfortable, but a life that's intentional to lead people to become disciples of Jesus. I was thinking about um, our tendency to, and maybe what could become comfortable uh, once we're in a new space. And even the fact that God gave us this massive building that's like a rec center, and if we're not careful, it, it, could, be, it could be like a rec center with a chapel. <laughs> like, like people will pay dollars to get a place with basketball gyms and you know, pickle, pickleball courts and just to be around people. And I think it's easy to have the church become a holy huddle and lose the mission that Jesus called us to. And I was just thinking about the idea. What would happen if you and I made a fresh commitment only a few weeks before we go into our new space and say to Jesus, hey, the gift that we want to give to you is a life of intentionally leading, getting out of our comfort zone, leaving, leaving, leaving what's easy and comfortable, sometimes even the, the enjoyment of Christian community in order to take steps, walk across where I'm gonna go, walk across the lobby to have conversation. And I'm saying this in terms of conversations through the week, wherever you work or wherever you eat or wherever you shop, but also even in our own space, even in our own building, to have conversations where we intentionally lead people to Jesus. I was thinking about even Luke 15 and that great story about the prodigal son the story about the sheep, the story about the coin, where Luke 15, we've been talking about for a lot, where what causes heaven to rejoice is when the lost son, the lost sheep, the lost coin is found. And what would it look like if you and I as a church created a space intentionally in our lobby, our parking lot, our building, where when people who are far from Jesus or people who are getting closer to Jesus, but still have not stepped over the line and surrendered their life and trusted in Christ. What would happen if a wave of people intentionally engaged with them, walked with them, talked with them? Like what, what could the culture of our lobby look like? What could the culture of our space look like if we were the kind of people that had this at the forefront of our minds? Listen to the way that Paul talked. He, uh, there's three little insights today. First of all, he, Paul, Paul changed his focus. So sometimes it's easy for you and me to think, okay, this is who I am. Deal with it. This is what I'm like. So I'm, I, I said a prayer. My, my, I'm, I'm locked into heaven, but this is who I am, right? This is, so we think, I'm, I'm gonna fight for me. I'm gonna fight for my likes, what I'm like. You need to accept me as I am, but that's not how Paul talked. Paul, as a result, rode to Damascus, Acts 9, encounters Jesus, and then he goes on mission to reach people, and he changed, he, he changed what he was like. He became different because of mission. Listen to the way he says this. I have voluntarily become, big word, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order. I've got a mission. There's a reason. There's a why behind the what. In order to reach a wide range of people. Which, by the way, as a church, that's our aim, that we would reach a wide range of people. He says religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose-living, immoral, the, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. 
So he's saying, I changed. I be, or, or you could use the word, I, I was transformed. I, I, I became somebody different with a purpose. And I'm inviting you and myself to this. We become something different than what we're comfortable with. You're gonna have a tendency to want to do what is comfortable for me. I wanna invite you to think like Paul where I put people first. I wanna invite you to think, if I wanna be like Jesus, Paul's example, Jesus' example, instead of me first, I'm gonna transform, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna voluntarily become a servant. So I become a different person where I put people first. So it's that Philippians 2. I do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above self. Easy to preach, hard to live. Easy to say, easy to pray. Hard in the moment when you are standing there in your holy huddle with your friends on a Sunday. To disengage because you see another, you see the lonely, which by the way, is one of the biggest challenges in our culture today. Many people have more likes and more followers on social media, but they've never been more lonely because they don't have real relationships. And so today, the lonely step into the door, and the question is, who will we be? Who will you be? David, this is my first Sunday. Welcome to Radiant. This is called New Building Training. Here's, here's okay, this is, this is the core team. <laughs> Here we go. This is, this is, those of you that were, Here's Skylar and Dory, Nathan and Rachel. Those of you around in, in, our, in our launch season, this is launch season again, all right? This is where we're talking about who we're gonna be. This, this is where we're talking about what God's called us to become. So we're, we're becoming the kind of people that put other people first. I was reading this week about a guy who owned a, um, a car dealership and spent decades building his own wealth and, uh, and building his own comfort and was used to it. That was, that was his life. And then his neighbor... Uh, who spent eight years intentionally planning when he was gonna go to the trash can in order to try to reach his neighbor for Jesus. So his, his, his neighbor, he would wait around and look for the moment to try to take his trash out when the, when the neighbor was taking the trash out. So he's, his goal, think about that. I'm focused not on my own self, but I actually want to love my neighbor. So he's thinking, it's, his, it's a way of thinking. I'm thinking about how to take my trash out when the neighbor's out so that I can catch him at the end of the street or at the end of the driveway so I can have just 30 seconds. What's up, what's up, what's up, go Chiefs, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, you know, hey, what do you do, what do you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's your name, what's your name, what's your name? Eight years later, invites him to church and, and the, the long progression of how, where it went over the course of relating eight years, which by the way, led to like some time of talking longer and longer and longer at the trash can. And then that guy who owned the car dealership giving his life to Jesus. And then the guy that owned the dealership that gave his life to Jesus, starting to give cars to single moms and then trying to use what God had given him to make a difference in the poor, the hurting for the sake of Christ only then to say that the decade of giving cars away was far more fulfilling and enjoyable than the abundance of wealth he had ever accumulated serving self. And, and, and so the language was, it's actually more enjoyable to have those people to, in humility consider others better than self. The best thing that we can give is telling them the gospel. 
with our words and with our lives. So we're thinking, even when we walk in on a Sunday, David, I thought that was just Monday through Saturday, even on a Sunday. Aren't we going to worship? Absolutely, you're going to worship. Aren't we going to study the word of God? Absolutely, we're going to study the word of God. Aren't we going to fellowship? Absolutely, we're going to fellowship. And we've got in our minds, we're looking for the hurting. God puts the lonely in families. Who's God adding? Who, who, who can I be a blessing to? Even in the 30-second little conversations. Even in, so when somebody walks into the Radiant Lobby, there is a mountain of people encouraging, sharing, loving, that John 13, they'll know you're my disciples by how you love. It's in us. It's who we are. So I know temptation is the thing. Is the coffee hot? Is the worship loud? Is the preachers screaming today? Whatever. For me, and I'm, I get it. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying no to those things. But I am saying that a part of the space where we're Looking for people that don't know Jesus yet has to be the culture of who we are. It has to be the culture of what God's called us to be. Okay, so then Paul says this. Uh, I didn't take on their way of life. I love this one. I kept my bearings in Christ. So this is who we are. So, so we're intentionally engaging in conversations um, that I believe are things. It's perfectly great to talk about other things with people that don't know Jesus yet other than Jesus. Oh, <gasps> No, 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 that's actually, that's, that's kind of normal in the culture. So if you can, if you can have a sub-passion, yes, Jesus is your first love. You're still my first love. Still true, all right? But it's okay, I got, I got a seventh love. You can talk about Travis and, you know, like, you can, you, we can talk about, we can talk a little chiefs. We can talk a little restaurants. We can talk, if it was me, I, I, I love to talk a little seafood. Mm, what's up? Like, I, I, it's okay to talk about some of these other things because people that are far from God, if, if you can engage in a conversation around some of those things and keep your bearings in Christ, but you got a mission to take them there, you got, you're gonna take them towards Jesus. But I just wanna say, it's, it's, it's normal to say, in a culture that has 17 other idols, for you, you don't make it your idol, but you can have a conversation about all those things. So that you're able to then, to, to connect. You keep your bearings in Christ. Jesus is still my first love, my 14th love. You're still the first love, Jesus, but my 14th love, Nike shoes, okay. We can talk some Nike shoes, why? I talk Nike shoes to eventually take them to Jesus. I, I got a mission, I got a goal, but I'm meeting them with where, where they're at. What do you wanna talk about? Are, are you tracking with me? Am I crazy up here? Okay, okay, <laughs> don't answer that, Dawson. All right, he's on the front row. He's like, well, okay. Um, so, you, so, so then Paul says this, Paul entered, he says, I entered their world, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. So this is what I wanna invite us to. I wanna invite you to, to, to enter, like Paul talks about, enter into their world. All of us should have friends that are not following Jesus. Uh, uh, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see Jesus, and if we're gonna get into the rhythms of Jesus, it's God clear calendar time to be with his father. He's got clear calendar time to make disciples. He's got his three, he's got his 12. He's intentionally investing in his disciples. Around here, that time with God, we would call that, you know, time alone with Jesus. It's what we work on every August, right? We're working on building that, that, that relationship with the father. And then three semesters a year, we're working on making disciples, right? We do that with small groups. 
I also see Jesus intentionally taking care of the hurting, healing people, preaching to crowds. He's got real clear ministry, time allotment. And then he was known for being a friend of sinners and tax collectors. So he gave calendar time. There was a season in my life where it seemed weird for me when I was, in, when I was a teenager and young adult. It would seem weird when my whole world was lost people to, oh, have a time with God. That, that kind of differentiates you and makes you, you know, different. That's kind of interesting. Intentional time to make disciples. Wow, that, that kind of seemed, I don't know. Intentional time to, to kind of do ministry and pour my life out. But easy to have intentional time about lost people. That was my whole life, right? Okay, here's what happens. Sometimes as we get older <laughs> and our world I don't know what you, every single person in this room is different. It's e- now my, in my life, it's easier to go the opposite. I'm, I'm a preacher. I can do it. Time alone with God. Time making disciples. Time doing ministry. And this one, I have to work on. You with me? So I want to invite you to think like a 360 degree disciple, right? Okay, here's, here's the, the rhythms of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Okay, here's my time. We'll fight for it. Here's my time with, with my father, like we see in Jesus. Here's my time where I'm focusing. I'm going to make some disciples. Some of you are going to make disciples of, some of you are going to jump in with Skylar and Dory and go, hey, we want to help you with those bold young adults. Let's go. Let's go reach that eight. Let's, let's go reach that 18 to 29 year old window. Let's go, let's go after that. Some of you, you've got a small group. You're talking to, to dad. You're saying, hey, I'm going. Okay, you got your small group. All right, great. You, you got disciples. Or, and not necessarily in our structure. You could, you, maybe you're doing this in a different way in, in, in your work or whatever. That's fine. But you would say for you, you would know how, you, how you're doing it. And here's what I am saying. Let's be intentional about having this time where we enter their world and we've got proximity, closeness with people. Um, it's impossible to have passion without proximity. Absence doesn't always make the heart grow fonder. Sometimes absence makes the heart grow colder. And so it's easy for us to lose touch. It's easy for me. So I wanna invite us to be thinking this, this direction. I want us to look at Paul's example. Of course, we know this is how Jesus was as well. And so I wanna give you this kind of idea, uh, which this meant a lot to me uh, when, we, when I first started as a youth pastor. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this out like a skit, all right? Uh, sometimes I tend to be dramatic. <laughs> so this week, I was going to tell you how great Renata is. This week I was, uh, I got on a bus with a bunch of pastors and, um, and I, Renata and I were walking to the back of the bus. It's all pastors on the bus. And this guy says, come on, Perkins, come to the back, sit with the cool kids. And I don't know what came over me. I just went, I wish that I could be like the cool kids. I started dancing and singing. And this one pastor over here, he rolls his eyes and looks at his wife like that. And another pastor like, like looks away. And I looked at Renata. I sat down next to Renata and she goes, I think you're funny. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I married to her, everybody. Okay. Okay, so this is, uh, so this is, it's called the Engel scale, all right? So, and, and, and here's what this, this is created for, for church in terms of how we think about people, not just as one category as loss, it's kind of like a big category, but where we're working diligently to ha- try to help people on their spiritual journey. Or we would use the word dis- uh, pa- discipleship pathway around here. We're gonna help people on their journey as a disciple. 
So this, it uses a time, like, a, like numbers. So negative 12 is avoids the truth, just avoids it. Negative 11, um, they're going their own way. Negative 10 would be aware of the messenger. So this would be aware of the person who's taking the gospel to them, you. Number, negative nine, recognizes differences in the messenger. Oh, I can see there's something different about you. I see, I, I see a goodness, maybe, some characteristic. Number, negative eight, looks positively at the Bible. You see where it's happening? It's a progression where their, their mind, their heart is opening up. Negative seven, recognizes relevance of the Bible. This is a lot of going out to the trash can. This doesn't happen in just a moment where Pastor David says, hey, who would like to give their life to Jesus? No, this takes time. This is every single one of us in the, la in the labor field, working for a harvest. It's lots of conversations. It's hours of prayer. It's reading books. I was talking to a lady uh, recently who was talking about the books she's reading to reach the people she knows that don't know Jesus and she's trying to answer their questions. So, so the idea of he who, <laughs> he who intentionally goes after lost people gets wiser and wiser because you're learning how to answer people's questions. Okay, uh, number, negative six, aware of the gospel. Negative five, understands the implications. Negative four, considers the truth of the gospel. Negative three, recognizes their own need. Negative two, sees Christ as the answer. Come a long way. Negative one, turns from self-trust. So before we get to Christ, they're already saying, I can't do it. And then zero, the, the point that where everything shifts is where they turn to Jesus. It's that salvation moment. Sometimes it's you lead them where you work. Uh, some, it could be in a small group, could be in prayer, it could be here, wherever, wherever you lead them to Christ. Positive one, engages or assimilates God's word. Positive two, two joins community life. <laughs> I'm gonna run out of stage here. Uh, positive three, makes Christ-like disciples. Positive four, chooses to share faith with others. Positive five, uh, chooses to live by faith. So, so the, the reason why I give that to you is because I think uh, if, if we're able to see, okay, when we're, when we're having conversations with people, trying to help them on their journey, where we're, where we're starting to say, verbalize where they're at. Um, and, and, and so it's not a judgment. It's, it's, it's an identifying. Okay, this is where I think these people are. So here's, here's what I invite you to. Okay, this is a big statement. My, the new language that I'm giving us is I want to invite us to lead in the lobby, all right? So like we had Pray 60, I'm building on that, all right? So for all of you habit people, we're going to stack another habit, all right? Another micro-spiritual habit, <laughs> all right? So in, in addition to intercessory prayer, well, let's try to give ourselves to pray an hour a week. I want to invite you on a Sunday, on a Sunday, we're going to start here. Some of you are going to think, that's so easy. I, I could, easy. Some of you are going to be stretched by this, but I want to invite you to have one conversation a month. Wow, that sounds like so much. That sounds like so little. To the greeter, they're like, I, I do seven, seven a week. Okay, great. Just here, I just, let's put the cookies on, right? One a month. Let's just start there. I want to invite you to have one conversation a month where it's, I'm going to use this acronym LEAD, where you're intentionally stepping out of what's comfortable to look, 
solely for the sake of the other. Not even, I love fellowship. That's another day. We'll talk about Christian fellowship, what God does in community. I love all that. I'm, I'm talking mostly about where out of the overflow of what God's put inside of you, the overflow of God at work inside of you, you're able to voluntarily engage in loving people, leading people, where you're leading people to become a radiant disciple. So in our lobby, uh, we're gonna have a massive sign that says, leading people to become radiant disciples of Jesus, all right? So that's gonna be, and, and I'd love for that to be, you know, like, if you're going to play, if you're going to play, like, uh, a football game, like, you, you know, you, you, you win today, you tap it, or you play like a champion, or, you know, like, uh, it's almost like that. It's like, mm, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna lead people to become radiant disciples of Jesus, all right? And I wanna invite you to try to think, okay, I'm gonna have one lead in the lobby conversation a month, 12 a year, all right? So that, that enables you to have a Sunday where, you're, you're, where your child is sick. It's got a Sunday where you just feel like I'm going to, I just, I, I, I can't make it today or what, but one, once a month where you're intentionally going, I'm going to lead people. And I don't want you to be the kind of evangelism, you know, I'm not saying it's the, it's the pushy uh, kind of person that everybody just feels nervous around because they're forcing it. And, and I'm not, but, but many of us are not the pushy people. Many of us are just, if we're honest, it's a, we just avoid it completely. So when Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the power of God. Okay, some of us, some of the avoiders, you need some of that. Some of you awkward people, there's not many of us actually. In my childhood, there was a lot of those. I don't feel like that hardly exists today, but whatever. Uh, I think, I, I want us to lead in a relational way. I want to invite us, not, you don't have to be, Awkward and weird, but don't be avoidant either. Don't, don't be someone that has, that's not leading people towards Christ. So here's, here's, here's the acronym. Okay, first, this is, so here's the idea. Here's the touchdown. Here's the win uh, of the message today. It's in church, in our future building, where you leave the holy huddle. You go through the zone of the unknown where they might reject me. I might sing, I wish that I could be like the cool kids, and they reject me. It's, pro it's, it's possible. You could get rejected. I, by the way, I felt like that was like seventh grade all over again this week. I was like, back of the bus, rejection. Oh, anyway, <laughs> but now I'm 46. No, I'm 47, and I got Renata, so everything turned out all right. Um, you're walking through, and then you're engaging in a conversation that you're uncomfortable with. The very nature of going to people that you don't know, but David, I'm not in extrovert. I'm not talking about the extroverts. They had a hard time with intercessory prayer. All right. All right. So the introverts, all right, you might have a hard time with this one. All right. But then you engage in the conversation. Number one, I want to encourage you. Here's, here's the L. Look, just, just open your eyes. You know, Jesus says that. Open your eyes. Fields are ripe for the harvest. Just open your eyes. Just look, scan, look, look for somebody who's uh, new, who is hurting that you might not know somebody who's not connected, somebody that's standing alone, and just be aware of them. Uh, it could be that God wants to use you to make a difference in their life. So you're gonna exit your circle of comfort. Yeah, but these are my best friends. Yeah, I know. Three Sundays a month, boom, stay there. What's up? Here's what I'm feeling. Oh, what'd you say? Okay, good. Me, uh, what's up, dog? All right, cool. Got that. Okay, but just, just I wanna invite you at least one a month. I'm gonna leave that circle. I'm gonna go be intentional. And I'm, I've got the mind, I'm, I'm gonna enter their world. I'm gonna start a conversation. Number one is just, just look, just look for them. Just scan the room, just look for people. Second is just engage. 
engage. Um, when I look at Jesus, Jesus would start conversations with people that no one else would. And, and, and it doesn't have to always be, Jesus didn't walk up and just suddenly go after somebody's sin. Like even in John 4, when he talks to the, the Samaritan woman, she's at a well, he asks for a drink. The, the context is water, he talks about water, right? So you leave what's comfortable, start a conversation. I see Jesus and he's, he'll talk to people about where they're at. And so just engage, engage in this conversation. Um, and you don't have to be forceful and be somebody else, just be you, right? So like, for example, if it's Renata, Renata's gonna engage in conversations that have a tendency to be a little bit more about um, Renata type things like goodness and sweetness and that, right? She's gonna, she's gonna talk about family. She's gonna talk about, all right, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about different, she, she, she's, she's got a different personality. I don't cease to be, I, I, I'll start singing and dancing. She'll start having empathy and caring, right? We are us, but here's the deal. If all of us take on a template where we're trying to be uh, four steps, four different things of how we're all supposed to be, it's, it, 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 it feels wooden, it feels fake, right? But if, if you trust God that he's the one that's building his church and you just, he's gonna use your spiritual gifts, he's gonna use your talents, he's gonna use what's in you. So you're just intentional just to talk, talk, talk like the normal way you would talk, believing that you might be taking someone from this spot to this spot, someone else might take them from this spot to this spot, you're just gonna do your part. Are, are you tracking with me? So you don't have to take it all the way to the end in every conversation. You're just, you're just trying to engage with them and connect with them. Um, all right, so then, so, so, you, so you, you look, you engage. Here's the next one. It's an A. It's ask. The questions of Jesus are incredible. He's always asking questions. Our tendency is to talk about ourselves. If you'll ask questions, you'll find yourself learning more about them, and you ask questions. Uh, Jesus was looking at people. When he would ask questions, he got into what's in their heart. So I, when you ask questions, here's the goal. It's you wanna, you wanna take them where you can kind of start to identify that angle scale that I just said. Ask questions, oh, tell me about engagement. It's talking about kind of anything. Asking questions is starting to turn the conversation a little bit more about the Lord. Okay, so what, what's God doing? Or well, tell me about your family or, and you're just getting, and you, okay. And then, so you ask some of those questions. All right, so look, leave the huddle. The, the circle of comfort, engage, start conversation about anything. Oh, what's up? You got a, you got a red hat on while you're preaching today. Is that a, can you do that in the Lord's house? I mean, you know, like whatever you want to say. All right. And then, and then ask questions. So, and then, and as you're asking questions, you're kind of learning, okay, here's how I can serve them. Here's how I can enter their world, see it from their point of view. And then this D is direct, direct. Give them direction. Oh, and think about this. Know, this. know the discipleship pathway of Radiant Church enough to where you're able to help them with their next step. Oh, you said yes to Jesus. You need to be baptized next week. Let's go. Make a public confession of what Christ has done. Let's go. Oh, you're hurting and uh, you've got pain in your heart. There's a small group for people that are hurting with your kind of hurt. And let, let, me, let me give you a link. Um, oh, you are in need of a physical miracle. Hey, 
Tom Blasco is doing a big healing emphasis at our prayer meeting coming up this Wednesday night. Are you tracking with me? No. Okay, yes. Okay. So, so that in the conversation, David, I thought that I go to church and I just go to cry at a song and then to just get a little inspiration and leave. Yes, and you've got eyes where you're looking for people. You're entering into their world. Look for them, engage with them, ask questions, and then just know this, know that, and, and, and if, if, if Radiant Church doesn't have the right step for them, give them the right step that's not here. Like, you're trying to help, you're trying to help them grow as a disciple, help them take steps to follow Jesus. Um, so, so that's it. Direct's kind of a strong word, but it's the best D word I could think of that kind of says what I'm trying to say. Um, it's kind of like if somebody's lost, you want to give them direction, all right? So you're just trying to help. The, let me point you in the direction of Christ. Um, so that's my dream. I was, I was, I'll close with this. Band, you can come out for this awkward moment. Um, I was talking to a guy this week, uh, and he, he, was, he was telling another person about what God's done for Radiant. So he, I'm not talking, he's talking, he's telling somebody I don't know, and he's saying, God just gave Radiant Church this new building, and he was elated. He was like, it's at 135th in Quivira. It's this huge building. It's an incredible corner, and God is at work in this, and this guy was so excited, and I just sensed in my heart, I just sensed this um, burden, this response to God. It just kind of went vertical for just a second. Where I just, he was talking about it, like um, a gift from God to us. And I just felt like in my heart is God, this is your gift through us to this city. And may it never be that in the seven years that we were portable, we worked hard and set up and tore down. And then we got into a building and we turned into like, easy community and just hung out in a holy huddle. But may it be that this space that you give to your church called Radiant, little tiny microcosm of what you're doing around the world, may it be that this space is used by Jesus, for Jesus in this city. And may it be that even stepping into this space, it'll accelerate evangelism in our city. Accelerate, accelerate us leading people to become radiant disciples of Jesus. So I'm not gonna respond, have you respond today like we do in church. I'm gonna have you respond as if we were in a classroom preparing to church plant together. And I'm gonna just ask you, just, I'm not gonna make you stand or do anything. Just, how many of you go, David, I'll commit to uh, leading in the lobby. One conversation, once a month, I'm all in. No eyes closed, none of that. Just, just you're the team. We're starting a, a, a permanent place together. If you go, I'm in for that. Just raise your hand. I'm just, in, just curious. All right. Can you just keep your hand up? Father, in Jesus' name, I just lift up these intentional conversations to help people take steps to follow you. God, I ask, Lord, that you would help us enter their world. Help us to take steps and not just be comfortable every Sunday. God, we wanna come in, we wanna worship in the house of God. God, we wanna come in and we wanna pray. We wanna get your word deeply embedded in our hearts. 
We want to fellowship with the believers. We want to have eyes, hearts to connect with the lonely, the hurting, the broken, and the lost. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be at work. In Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're in the room today and you would say, David, I'm hurting. I'm far from God. I'm somebody that today, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. The good news of the gospel is this. It's that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever, it's a great word, isn't it? That's you. Would believe in him. I gotta, so what's your step? I believe. Jesus is who he said he is. I believe. Would not perish. Would not be, have an eternity of nothing. Would not perish, but have the opposite of that, eternal life in Christ. The best news the world has ever heard is the gospel. The thing that'll change your life is the gospel. The best thing you can know is to not trust in self, but to trust in Jesus. The temptation in the culture is to tell you to trust in self. The good news is Jesus made a way for you to have eternal life in him, because of him, through him. So today, if you would say, I am, I am burnt out, I am done with me as the Lord of my life, with me as my own savior. I want Jesus to be my Lord, my savior. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a moment, but listen, this is just the beginning. This is not all you do, but this is your first step in saying, I desire for Jesus to give me new life, eternity with him, a new future, life in God. I desire fresh life in Christ. If that's you, when I count to three, I just wanna invite you just to shoot your hand up I'm gonna invite you to pray, all right? Just one, two, three, lift your hand, shoot it up. Good, good, got it, good, okay. Pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Make me a new person, save me. I give you everything. You're my hope now. You're my life. I don't want to go my way. I choose the way of the cross, the way of Jesus. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, we want to walk with you on your journey. We're going to have a prayer team up here at the end of the service. I would love for you to come up, have somebody pray with you, or there's a connection card in your seat. You could fill that out. And uh, let us know. We want to give you Bibles. Hey, we want to give you Bibles. We want to give you Bibles. We want to help you get connected however we can to small groups, whatever we can to help you on the journey. Um, and we're with you. We want to walk with you. Hey, Raina, let's all stand together. Renata, will you join me? Hey, can we give a big hand to everybody that just said yes to following Jesus? Come on, Radiant, let's go. Woo! Ushers, if you want to come forward. Sorry, I went really long today. My bad. On the Super Bowl day, the preacher talked a long time. Bless the Lord. That's how it's supposed to be. All right. All right, let's pray over our tithes and offerings. Father, we just thank you so much, God, that you've called us at a ch as a church to go after the one, Lord, and as a people. 
God, I ask that you would show each one of us just how to grow in closer proximity to the people that you have called us to reach. God, I pray that our hearts would, grow, would break for people who don't know you the way that yours does, God. We love you so much. Thank you for this space that you're giving us that is your house. God, this place that will be a, a place that will rescue through you so many lost and broken and hurting people. God, we thank you for that. So today, God, it is our honor to partner with you because we're called to give, Lord, to give of our time, to give of our dollars, to reach people for the kingdom. And God, we thank you. So God, today, Lord, um, we just say we are we are obedient. We're your sons. We're your daughters. God, our lives are yours. So God, we give to you cheerfully.